Welcome back to the show. I am so proud to have our next guest join us. Brooke Goldstein is the founder and director of the Lawfare Project, as well as the founder of End Jew Hatred. Brooke, so glad to have you on the show. Your, your legal group, the Lawfare Project, has been making some news the past few weeks. Yes, Ben, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on and for highlighting these issues. It's really an honor uh, to speak with you today. And unfortunately, uh, we have been making news because we have been filing groundbreaking cases to uphold the basic civil rights of the Jewish community to live free from illegal harassment and discrimination. This, when you started, when did you start the Lawfare Project? So the Lawfare Project itself was founded um, in 2010. Back then, it was more like a like a legal a legal think tank where we analyzed yeah. the issues. Um, and over the past seven years, it, it has now morphed to become uh, more of a public interest law firm and litigation fund. And what we do is we provide pro bono legal representation to Jewish communities around the world, as well as financial support when they are targeted with illegal discrimination. We go to court, we take Jew haters to court, and we win, ensuring that there are consequences for this type of behavior. Well, see, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. I, I, I thought, wow, here's here's the name of this group that's popping up a number of times in some significant legal cases, different ones. And we'll get into that in a moment. But, you know, we have witnessed, uh, you know, I believe I'm an ally to the, the, the Jewish um, community here in Toronto. Uh, and I've witnessed what I've, I think is a normalization of violent rhetoric towards them. And I've been watching that victimization play out uh, in public, online. And I, I'm so glad to speak to you today because I think it's important for us to take that next step and say, okay, what are the recourses for people whose rights have been denied or trampled on, who've been taken advantage of, who've been marginalized, who've been, um, uh, who have been, um, uh, and on and on and on. And, and the answer seems to be working with groups like yours. Yes, absolutely. The answer is, frankly, Jewish empowerment. Um, I'm sure you are a student of history and you know that anti-Semitism comes and goes and it rises and it falls. It comes and goes and ebbs and flows. And right now we are witnessing a rise once again in Jew hatred. Now, it is my position that we can no longer tolerate not just the Jewish community, but as a democratic liberal society, another rise in Jew hatred on this planet again. Enough is enough. I'm actually writing my book right now called End Jew Hatred, A Manual for Mobilization. We are in the age of minority rights movements. It's not the same to be black as it was 10 years ago. It's not the same to be a woman. It's not the same to be gay. But why is it acceptable to treat Jews differently than other minority communities? And one of those reasons, I believe, is because the Jewish community has not stepped into its power. It has not learned from other minority rights groups how to use the system, how to use, for example, grassroots mobilization, how to engage in what I do, impact litigation, to ensure that you are guaranteed equal protection under the law and that those who violate your civil rights are held accountable. And that's exactly what we do with our civil rights lawsuits. 
All right, Brooklyn. Well, let's talk about some of these cases that made headlines across Canada. The first was um, the Lawfare Project sues anti-Semitic Canadian restaurateur. And we were talking about it. It's very different from the second case we're going to be talking about, isn't it? Yes. I mean, this one was a defamation case. We were very proud to work with a law firm called Relaw, as well as with our client, Shai DeLuca, who is a well-known Canadian television personality. And he had served in the IDF. And this uh, Kimberly Hawkins, which was, uh, she's the owner of Food Benders, which is now a restaurant that is closed. It used to be on Bloor Street, made all of these disgusting anti-Semitic Instagram posts. But more importantly, she defamed Shai. She called him a terrorist. She accused him of having a rifle aimed at Palestinian children, which was an abhorrent blood libel. And she attempted to have a policy where no Zionists, a.k.a. Jews, would be allowed in her store. This is not acceptable behavior. You cannot have a store that says no blacks allowed or yeah. have a club, you know, it says we don't allow Chinese people here. The same thing. And, and you know, what you said earlier, this anti-Jewish, anti-Israel, so-called BDS movement, which is nothing but illegal commercial discrimination, has become normalized, yeah. right? It's saying, well, this is political. And what we're saying is this has nothing to do with politics. No matter how much you hate the Israeli government, you can't turn around to local Jews and say, I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to engage in business with you because I hate a country thousands of miles away. That's bigotry. Yeah. And yet it's normalized because it's seen as political behavior. It's not. Yeah. This is not a political issue. It's a civil rights issue. And Brooke, uh, that's why I think it's such an important case. The judge stressed uh, in his judgment, that uh, this is not a case about anti-Semitism, this is de defamation. However, it is important to draw a line in the sand and say, if you cross that line, the law is capable of coming after you and exacting justice. And, you know, I wanted to t just tell you as you were talking about how these things change. In my dad's den, he has a sign from God knows how long ago that says, Irish need not apply. And my father <laughs> is a proud Irish Canadian, and he rose to become the Prime Minister of Canada. And it's, it's a reminder of how far the people, the Irish people have come in the, with that as a backdrop you, what you said before has even more resonance to me that um the the, the the jewish people of canada take a step forward and then a step back and right now we are seeing a massive step back in terms of their civil rights we only have a few minutes left brooke and i'd love to talk about this other case this massive case uh with uh, against mcmaster university why don't you lay that out for us so we have uh, a situation, not just at McMaster's University, but I think in universities across the country um, where Jewish students are suffering uh, psychologically. They're suffering from assaults. They're being exposed to anti-Semitic rhetoric. Um, there are pro-Hamas rallies on campus. There are teachers. There are teachers' aides who are posting on social media and who are making comments in class that are violent and threatening to the Jewish students. And the universities are doing nothing, even though they are obligated to do so. So we are very proud to have partnered with the law firm Diamond and Diamond to file a $77 million class action lawsuit against McMaster's University because the hostile anti-Jewish learning and social environment can no longer go on without consequences. And by failing to stop it, by turning a blind 
eye to this by the fact that McMaster has, has, has stood by inactively as students and faculty engage in hate speech and verbal abuse, and in some campuses across the country, also Jews are being physically abused in violation of the codes and regulations and policy of the school is completely unacceptable. Brooke, uh, we only have one minute left, so I'd love to ask, what is what is the end goal with this sort of litigation? Is it your hope that this scares the rest of Canadian universities into falling in line and following the law? Or are you prepared to go after them one after the other? If you if you see similar behavior at other universities, you're coming after them. Not only are we prepared, but we are. And we will stand up for Jewish students, not just in Canada, but also we have filed several cases in the United States. But the goal is systemic change. Number one, recognition that the Jewish community as a minority community deserves equal protection and their civil rights to be upheld. And we want a guarantee of a supportive, safe, and tolerant educational setting, irrespective of the race, religion, or ethnicity of the students. When you bring a case on behalf of the Jewish community as a minority community, you are establishing a precedent and protections for other minority communities as well. And that is all that we are asking for here. Brooke Goldstein from the Lawfare Project. You are doing tremendous work. I hope you'll come back and give us an update at some point. And when your book is ready, End Jew Hatred, I hope you'll join us again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, don't go anywhere. This is Toronto This Weekend.